Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host, Jason Strayhorn, on Inside the Locker Room. You are looking live. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Brian. How was your day? Fantastic. It was. Doing okay? Yeah. Looking good, man. It sure looks fantastic. Thank you. Is that a real? Um, yeah. That's real? Yeah, it's real. What's that suit cost? $13. <laughs> You know, man, come on. Just, just another black man trying to make it. So, I'll tell you, we carry a, on. Hell of a week, haven't we? Yeah, of kind week. of. Hell of a week. I'll it's tell been a you, good week. It's been a, a very, very interesting, fantastic week. Uh, our Why Spartans, are you smiling? Yeah. Just happy. Because <laughs> of Spartans, I mean, it, it, it beat me. I was going to ask you, like, why you have this glow about you right now? What is that about? I, you know, when you're six and zero, oh, you smile <laughs> and you're happy, and uh, it makes things better. That's all. But uh, just a little I'll bit. I tell of you what, when you're six and zero oh and, and football season's going well, it makes it uh, extremely enjoyable yeah. when you're able to. Because uh, when you start off the year in a bad. Uh, a bad way mm. it uh it changes uh the whole mood for the fall but uh very happy for the way our boys have started out and, and quite honestly i think uh michigan starting out the way they have has uh two had, teams yeah how about that two teams yeah we got michigan playing well michigan state playing well so like everybody is anticipating you know the 7 and 0 matchup by each program but each team has a game and a bye week, not in that order, to go before the big game, though. So before we get to that big game, though, uh, mm-hmm. we went to Piscataway, New Jersey, and took care of business, right? <laughs> Michigan State walked in there. And as we know, winning is hard. Winning on the road is even harder, right? And uh, walking to Piscataway, winning 31-13 the way we did, showing the big play capability that we have um, I think speaks volumes to where the program's at. I think you and I both know, being around the program for as long as we have, uh, the speed that we have on the edges. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously, K-9 in the backfield. Um, <clears throat> obviously, yeah. Right? Yeah, obviously K-9. But the weapons, you know, this is something that, you know, all me and you and all kinds of Spartan dogs all talk about is, <laughs> You know, when's the last time you seen or heard of something like this as far as the dynamicness of the offense and the way that they can beat you with I mean it's you know, as you said, Naylor, you know, I mean, you got Jaden Reed, you know, then you got K nine, you know, like who who do you wanna pick? Pick your poison. If you double one guy, we got the other guy. Like there's no defensive there's no college football teams that I know of that have five, four or five strong defensive backs. And if you don't, I mean, most, most NFL teams don't have that. It's difficult. That's one of the most difficult positions in the game. That's why they pay those guys what they pay them. So it's, it's very difficult. That's why Nick Saban has adjusted his offensive philosophy from power attack to pass. It's hard to defend the pass. Every, they've, they've recruited more Receivers, like receivers, the value of receivers is, is in questionable. So when you look at Michigan State, I mean, by default, and this is, you know, hey, we got to give some credit to Mark D'Antonio. You know, those are some of his players out there that we're talking about, you know, and, and it's not about selecting the talent. I think that the guy, you know, look, both, both coaches have done a phenomenal job. It's just a different level right now, and, and it, it's all come together. You look at highlights like this, you know, three, count them, three touchdowns 
over 60 yards. You know, I don't think in our lifetime that we have had speed on the edges the way that uh, uh, Michigan State has right now. When you look at the Reed, Naylor, look at the running back. Uh, you, when you What's can, his name? Naylor. Uh, when you the can, running back, man. I, we're, we're, hold on. We're not there yet. Okay. But when you can, at, when you can put stress on the backfield of, of, a, of a defense, right? Mm -hmm. When you can stop them from crowding the box and you're able to extend the field and you're able to make them get it out of the box and you're able to play the defense that they have, we quite frankly have not seen that in East Lansing in a while. And you're, like you said, credit to Mark D'Antonio. When you look at uh, Trey Mosley, you look at Naylor, you look at Reed, you look at some of the, the speed we have on the edges, uh, these are all mm -hmm. Mark D'Antonio kids. That's right. Don't and, sleep uh, on Trey Mosley. Yeah. Credit, mm -hmm. credit to Coach Tucker, the way that he's been able to um, mold these. Look at uh, this play right here. Yeah. Th th listen. Listen. This, this you history right here. You do not run a play like this if, uh, if you're not a, not a first-round draft pick, quite frankly. Oh, no, no question. No, I mean, the burst Even that he, in the, the era of devaluing the position of running back, that guy is valuable, extremely valuable. No, no, no. I mean, when you see the way that he's able to, the burst, the speed, the way he's able to play, I mean, it's absolutely, uh, it's something special. When you go back to Le'Veon, you mm, go yeah. back to uh, uh, T.J. Duckett, you go back to even in our era, right? You talk about uh, Dwayne Goldburn. You talk about uh, Cedric Irvin. Talk about some of the guys. We have not Mark seen. Mark Renaud. Mark Renaud, yeah. We have not seen a back with that combination of speed, burst, able to turn a four-yard gain into a nine-yard gain, able to turn a 13-yard gain into a, a home run. Yeah. Right? We haven't seen that in a while. And if you have that capability where somebody can go the distance in the backfield, it really changes the complexion of the whole game. And it changes the complexion in which a, a, a play caller calls plays. I mean, really, <laughs> if you think about it. And, and there's no question he's a difference maker. And so when you look at these stats, right, when you look at Peyton Thorne, you look at Jaden Reed, you look at Jalen Naylor, Naylor, and you look at the, the numbers that they put up, I believe this is the fifth time in NCAA history where you've had a, a quarterback throw for 300, a back run for 200, and a receiver catch for 200. Yeah. And, and these, are, these are things that just do not happen every day. They do not happen every day. And it's a credit. If you have big play capability, you are in every game, yeah. period. Yeah, I don't care what you say. You know, the, the statistics in this case don't lie, especially when you look at the level of competition that Michigan State has played. This is not like, you know, Michigan State is going and playing against pansies, people who really have no business being on a Division I football field. These are very good programs that are well coached, and they do play, you know, if you're into the transitive property game. That doesn't work, Jason. You know, if they're into that, well, you know. That does not it work. It speaks for itself. So if, if, you don't, if you're not into that, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> that doesn't work. Listen, transitive property in football does not work. It's, it's, it's human nature, transitive property. Because if you apply the transitive property to football. Take the human out, the, take the human out of people. That's, everybody you, does that. You're not, we beat Rutgers by uh, 18. I know y'all be comparing Michigan lost everything. by 7. We well, should beat Michigan by, by 11. Well, that, that doesn't work. So then that means I can, I can, I can beat them. That doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's the people, people that don't, you know, competition is a different level. Than that, there's more to it than that. Look, look, I'm telling you, the edges, the speed that we have on the outside, the quarterback, the calm, uh, the the ability. Peyton Thorne's handling business out there. Yeah, <laughs> thirteen and what two? That it, that interception was not an interception. It wasn't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know if we had that on tape, but Rutgers. Uh, Peyton threw an interception in that game. It absolutely was. It was not an interception. You know, sp speaking of interceptions, let's go to the defense. Yeah. And I, I really thought when you watched that game, uh, the, 
the defense, you know, when you go into halftime, right, and, and you're always looking at a, at a coaching staff mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out uh, what kind of adjustments do they make. Uh, are they able to adjust to the, to the game, to the tempo, and to the speed? And you saw their defense. You saw the way that uh, MSU's defense played and, and shut Rutgers out in the second half. Yeah. And credit to the coaches. But credit to the coaches for their adjustments. Yes. For their, um, for their ability to go into halftime and dissect the correction that needed to be made. But uh, there was to them also. putting in uh, number 27. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, people, coach. people don't realize <laughs> when you're missing the quarterback of your defense, right, how important that is. And oh. I thought Cal Halliday came in there. And was without question a difference maker in the second half. Yeah, he was not allowed to play in the first half because if you can remember the uh, less than favorable call went against him against the Hilltoppers at home when he barely grazed the top of a guy's helmet with his forearm near his waist. You sound like a homer. So, hey, I'm a factual guy. You sound like a homer, Jason. (laughs) I know. Home, home what? The team that was at home got screwed on that call. Absolutely. That right. happened on homecoming. So call me a homer. Simpson. But when you have a loving on defense, right, and, you're, <laughs> and you, you got your quarterback out who was out the first half, who, uh, who really is the heart and soul of that defense, if you really understand football, <laughs> comes in second half and is able to adjust and readjust and make the correct alignments and correct play calls. You saw not only that, but, but the tremendous uh, corrections the coaches made at halftime. Yeah. Um, you're, you're able to see the adjustments being made, that this is a well-coached team. You got your quarterback in there. And they shut out Rutgers' second half. Yeah, wasn't even close. Shut them down. Halliday comes in there. Cal Halliday. No wrist tape. No gloves, no nothing, just naked arms out there. You don't see a lot of naked arms in football. Pay attention. Next time, everybody has something on their arm, especially when you have to shock people the way you have to shock with your hands. You know, Cal Halliday don't need that. He's a big old country boy, and he knows how to play the game. He's got a nose for the ball. There's a knack that that young man has for getting to the football in a hurry. And he's not bad against the pass. So, is he a three-down linebacker? Absolutely. Yeah. All day long. And why are you calling him a big country boy? Because he is. Where's he from? He's from out there in like Kansas, somewhere like that. <laughs> oh, you know, hey, listen, he's from out there, but I'm glad he's here. Period. But, but he's another D'Antonio kid, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can make plays. I mean, if you understand football and you understand how important the, the, the Mike linebacker is uh, who, who can play, I mean, you The want, Mike middle linebacker. I'm sorry. You, if you understand how important middle. The, the middle yeah. linebacker is <laughs> and how much he means to the defense, you understand what a difference he made second half. And when he yeah. came in, credit to the coaches, credit to the, what the, the adjustments they made at halftime, <laughs> but uh, – Kid can play. Just buttering the coaches up, man. No, the kid can play. (laughs) Credit to the coaches, but the kid can play. Listen, Mel Tucker said he wants players that can rise above coaching. Did they? Nah, not yet. They ain't there yet. (laughs) (laughs) They ain't there yet. (laughs) Sitting there. So listen, (laughs) we all know how hard winning is. All right, we oh, know yeah. going on the road and winning is even harder. We we know that. I mean, yeah. we know that. So here you are. You're you're walking into Piscataway. You're playing a team that uh, you thought was you know just got got their their butts kicked in in Columbus. Played Michigan tough, down twenty to thirteen, and you expected. Listen, Greg Schiano is a is a great coach. Oh yeah. There, there's no question. Greg Schiano has a great reputation. And, and as every Spartan knows, right, this, this was a trap game. Everybody felt this was a trap game. Every um, game's a trap game now. Yeah, every game's a trap that's, game now. That's how it is. You know, when especially, you start winning like this, every game's a trap game. Especially the next one, right? <laughs> but, but you do. You start to worry, and you, you say, all right, are we, our kids focused? And are they ready? And are they looking ahead? And when you're at Michigan State, you can't look ahead. Quite frankly, Ask Alabama. 
when you're at anywhere, you can't look ahead, right? No, absolutely not. You can't look no, ahead. No, I mean, because every game, I mean, they find 11 to go on the same, 11 in unison, execution, on the same page, same intensity, same buy-in, same belief. You know, that, that's a credit to the coaching staff. It really is. Yeah, I mean, that's the culture that they have at Michigan State. That's, it started years and years ago, but now they actually are, are able to adapt to the times. I think that, you know, one of the strengths of a good coach is to be able to adapt through the different times and phases that we have in a game, the evolutions that happen in the game. And right now, the evolution of, of football is in good hands because I, I think that Michigan State is – creating they're the ones almost getting to a point of trend setting what's happening now and in the future for college football you know credit to coach tucker because he said you know after the game we got to clean some things up um you know they're he, like he acknowledged right we're going to get better yeah we're going to keep chopping we're going to clean some things up you know there are some things that uh, you know clock management stuff and you know when you're a head coach and you're able to uh self-evaluate and the self-awareness yes when you have self-awareness of what you're doing and what your program's doing it's obviously a lot he's easier to have self-awareness when you win right <laughs> but to have that self-awareness always ready to break yeah. that film down huh to have that oh, self-awareness we won by 30 coach hey man let's watch a film coach let's just, let's talk about this you're you're absolutely right mel tucker gets it he is not satisfied you got that stick you know why we push it so hard, okay? Why we push it so hard? Because when you when you can when you can be great, why settle for anything else? Yes, why settle for anything else? You know, when you know you can be great, okay? All of us, all of us. This next week, we're all gonna do a better job. Okay, coaches, players, everybody. We're gonna tighten the screws, attention to detail, sense of urgency. We're gonna work with a purpose, and we're gonna get ready for the next one. Okay, and we're just gonna keep going. We're gonna keep chopping, but nobody gonna out chop us. So, so when you see Coach Tuck and and you know the uh, preaching attention to detail, uh, focusing on cleaning the things up, right? Yeah. Understanding that you got to keep chopping, keep grinding, keep pushing. But the, the, I think what what makes a program so good is the humility and understanding the self awareness. Yeah. And understanding that they got things to clean up. And it, nothing better is learning through winning, right? <laughs> when you win it's and you great. learn, yeah, it makes things a lot easier. You learn either way. You know, you learn if you win. You, you, you learn sometimes more when, when you lose. But uh, this team has got things rolling where they have uh, a chemistry and a belief, a self-awareness that they like, hey, you know, why, why not us? Why not now? They, they really believe that, and I think that when most people would look at, including myself, when you look at 41 new faces on one team, you have to factor in Incredible. a heavy you know, risk factor in chemistry and how is this going to work. And they've done a masterful job of being able to get all the players first on the same page mentally because without that, you have nothing. And the strength and conditioning has improved uh, which Michigan State's always been great strength and conditioning wise, but has actually improved, which is incredible. And, and then the way the intensity of the practices and everything, it has gotten to a point where the players are believing that the practices are harder than the game. And it, they are playing that way. It shows, and that's why they're 6 and 0. I, I agree with that because practice has always been harder than the games. But <laughs> practicing that self-awareness and, and, you know, you play the way you practice. Yes. And you play the way you practice and understanding the things that you need to get better at. And it's funny because when he talks about keep chopping, keep chopping, keep chopping, right, you, you buy into that. You it's buy a into mantra. That. It is a mantra. But it's more <laughs> than a mantra. It's a culture. Yes. Right? When it's a culture and it becomes a culture and the players start believing it and you keep doing all these things that you need to do to take the program to the next level because there's going to be mistakes, right? There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be growing pains. You got 41 new players. 
you're indoctrinating half the program into a new culture and and you and getting everybody to buy in all on the same page moving in the same direction it really is a credit to coach wow man you just had me like have visions of like all spartans spartans like worldwide you know buying into the keep chopping mantra and everybody being like incredible human beings everywhere anybody anybody that best chop, hires you could ever find anybody that chops is a cr- incredible human being <laughs> right no question about I it i mean if you chop you get it <laughs> just if you chop i want to hire you yes it's that simple you're gonna I'll come be work, next to you you're gonna come work for my you. program yes you know so now now and, and as they say in football the mantra goes right you got to go one and know which week right so now saturday we head into bloomington Oh yeah, headed to Bloomington. A classic trap game. I I don't I don't buy that crap. I no. I just don't buy the classic trap game, because mm. when we played, we knew the next important game. The next game was the most important. Nobody ever looked ahead to the next game, and so now you're playing an Indiana team, who has their quarterback, who who we believe is one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Michael Penix Jr. is not going to be playing this week, who, quite frankly, mm. when you think about uh, Tim Allen. Yeah. Tom, Tom. Tom. Close. Close enough. Tom Allen <laughs> has built a hell of a program. He has. And he when, has. I, when, I, when, when you watch when you watch Tom, Coach, Coach Allen's program, you see what they did. You see what they, what they did last year. And then even like watching them on the sidelines, right, they passed the eyeball test. I mean, he's built depth. He's built a program that can compete. We believe year in and year out. And this is a tough game heading to Bloomington. Without question, it's a tough game. Uh, Michigan State has, you know, not had a lot of success, you know, against Indiana. Indiana's given Michigan State fits over the last decade. Oh, fits. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just, you know, this is a, a game I think that, you know, people around here, you know, get up for because it's a trophy game the old brass platoon if you guys remember that one the old brass platoon yes yes that's this you know is how a trophy important game. the old brass platoon is this is extremely important to the spartans and do we Hoosiers. have one at home we, we do have, we have a picture it's, it's, of one <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of one stick yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the old platoon you know where they used to chew tobacco and you know they want to. They didn't have uh, what they could, Mountain Dew bottles. You chew tobacco? No, you know. But the Mountain Dew bottles got the. You know, you see them boys with the Mountain Dews, and they get that dip right behind that Mountain Dew, man. And then they all day long. No, so, I don't chew. So, so historically, when you talk about Indiana, um, <laughs> people have known it as a basketball school, and uh, there it is. There it is, right there. There it is, right there. William Golston. Yeah, well, Golston, that's an old pick. What's that, 2010, 11? <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you've, over the years, you've watched that program ascend. Yeah. Ascend in a place where it's hard to recruit, quite frankly, where, where the, you know, basketball has been the focus that geographically is not located in the best, best of places for, for college football, where... Um, He's just you know, taking shot after shot after shot. Where Jason Strayhorn is from. Of me. Uh, yeah. He's from Indianapolis. Where very Not few football players come out of Indianapolis <laughs> okay. that, that we want to recruit. The, that's not oh, true. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's right. We got ballers at Naptown, man. Don't, don't sleep on that. There's been a few of them. Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I, listen, I, I, mean, won't, on, I won't sleep on the Elmo Steakhouse. <laughs> but, you know, when we're talking about, uh, what's that movie called? Jimmy Chipwood? <laughs> Jimmy Chipwood? Yeah, Jimmy Chipwood. Uh, I don't basketball. care. Gene Hackman, basketball. <laughs> what's it called? Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Yeah. This ain't, <laughs> this ain't Hoosiers. Hoosiers. We're talking football oh, here. High school basketball. Keep chopping. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> we, zero. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Brian? 
I'm confused. Listen, I'm confusing Jimmy Chipwood, keep chopping, Tim Allen or Tom Allen, Indiana football. At the end of the day, we have to go to Bloomington. We got to go 1 0. Way to become bulletin board material, Brian. We got to go. We got to go 1 0. I don't care. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible the stuff he comes up with. I mean, can, I just, do you believe it? Can you believe the stuff that comes out of his mouth? We're going, hey, <laughs> the mantra is chop in Bloomington for Jimmy Chipwood. No? Close? No, man. All right. Go Spartans, go. Anyway, we get, listen, at the end of the day, it's very hard to win in football. It's very hard to win in any sport. And going on the road and getting the W ahead of your rivalry requires tremendous focus it really does and michael Penix jr their quarterback has been ruled out uh which we, we wish him all the best right we want him to be healthy uh but but like this is this is a trap game this is your classical trap game I mean, and, and just... there is concern because they always play us hard every every year they play us difficult you know they are they i guarantee you they will play us hard and i also Guarantee you that we're gonna bring K nine. You know K nine. Do you know who's who that, that is? I who's mean, that? It's just you know we got us a Heisman Trophy candidate, a live one. Wait, let me let's stand up. For a second. I, I, I think this is for the first time since did Lorenzo. Lorenzo might have been involved in that. I gotta talk, talk but, to you about mm, this. I need before to that, talk. We're talking about my man Sherman Lewis. We got a Heisman Trophy. Nineteen and sixty three. This is a the, long time ago. No, no. Let's be seriously. When is the last time we had a Heisman Trophy candidate? I, I just said. Legitimately. I, <laughs> whether it was Lorenzo White, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it was at some point. I mean, he was, if not being invited to New, to, to New York. But I do know that Sherman Lewis, I think, finished second in the Heisman voting. Oh, did he finish that high? Yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. didn't know that. So here we are now. We have, you know, the, the nation's leading rusher. And this is Times Square. You, look at this, Times Square. Credit to look the university, that. okay, and credit to Justin Spiro, Darko State News. Here we are in Madison, in, uh, on Madison Allen, Avenue, Allen. I believe. And that that is right there. Yeah. So that's, that's a university right there that understands what K9 they have. for Heisman. Yeah, I love that. That understands what they have, that's carrying the ball in the backfield. And you have to, when you lead the nation in rushing and you come out of nowhere, and when you have the burst, the speed, the, 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 the acceleration, the ability to turn, not only go the distance, but you have the ability to, to, go, to take a four-yard gain into a nine-yard gain. And, and what does he have to do to win the Heisman? I honestly think he needs to just keep doing look, what look he's at doing. Vegas. Vegas had him at plus fourteen hundred. Yeah. Now he's plus twelve hundred. He's moved up, so he's moving up. Yeah. What does he have to do to win the Heisman? Do we have to keep winning, or does he have to have gaudy stats? I think it's a combination. I think that we keep winning, the gaudy stats come one way or another. I mean, if you're great, if you want that Heisman Trophy love, I mean, you you have to do things that people just don't do. The mere mortals just don't do especially at the running back position in 2021, you're going to have to be dynamic, man. You're going to have to do it better than anybody can do it. But not only that, you have to do it week in and week out. You can't take a week off, man. Not at all. And if you do get shut down for one week, you got to come back with something monster like that, his first carry, you know, that we just watched. But he's able to see that back door, how you can just outrun he, let I mean, me nobody's ask you, able to do In that. our lifetime, you and I, as players and both uh, fans, have we seen a back with this kind of burst? No. Wearing the green and white? Yeah. No. 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 I, and I think most of them will tell you this. That's the truth. Hey, but we've had, you know, we've had backs. Um, loving Great backs. Away. Great backs. You said burst. Yeah, the burst, the, sh the, the shake. Yeah. The ability the jump to, cut. Yeah, the jump cut. The ability to just make uh, an offense. Look at look at this run right here. You know this run right here. When you when you look at the, what he what he did this run, 
This I here mean, talks about the, the acceleration, like Ran, the vision. I, it shook that guy. The burst, the ability. Great block by Jaden. Here, here's how you win the, the Heisman. You shake hands. Yeah. That's how you win the Heisman. Just moments that you moments haven't that seen you and, and you can't replicate. No, you, you really can't if you think about it. No way. So when you, when you talk about running backs like that in our lifetime, right, and you talk about his ability to turn a mediocre play into a big play, uh, what will it take? How many wins will MSU have to have for him to win the Heisman? Any, is there a number? I don't know if there's a number. I know you gotta, you have to win. You can't lose because if if he's getting the stats that he needs in order to be in consideration, Michigan State will be winning. It's gonna be hard pressed to beat Michigan State if he's getting, you know, 150 plus yards a game. Not, not him. It, with with the attention he's gonna get, and that's exactly what it will take for him to win it. So, I I what I think that a guy in college can do that no I, I don't think so but i don't think he's just your average college guy he's pro ready no no he's a he's a first round draft pick yeah and we, we've never had a back with that burst what i appreciate is that the university recognizing that and understanding mm-hmm. that when we have a young man that can play to that caliber to make sure that we put him on the biggest stage that yes. we put him that we put him in manhattan right that we put him in, Man- in uh, Times Square, yeah. that we're able to showcase him because I think it's well-deserved, number one. And I also think it's important to show... Great advertising, that, man. Yeah, but it's also... Yes, correct. But but show future recruits, yeah. future players that, hey, you know, we're going to showcase your talent. We're going to showcase your talent, and we're going to make sure that um, if you're able to do these things, that we're going to put you front and center. And, I, you know, when you look at... I mean, that should bring him a lot of new, you know, some of them nephews and Lance and deals, right? Yeah, sure. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Nephews and Lance and deal, NIL. (laughs) He got to get a lot more. You go to Times Square, nephew (laughs) and Lance. How does he should get paid? He's a great prayer. Look at this view right here. Look yeah, at this. I love this view. You cannot teach this. If you know anything about look at look at that. If you know look at, anything look, about look, look, football, look, at him, look at him. That is remarkable. I mean, he actually waved at everybody before he crossed the fifty. Look, it's just his right. jump. Look at that jump cut. Cut right there. That's confidence. You, you can't teach that. Right here. He waves. It's, he, he knows there's not a human on the planet that can run me down from there. That is after I, mean, I get to that level. Can't teach that, and that is special. Mm. And and I think uh, how did the Wake Forest? How did he enter the portal? <laughs> you have that answer? <laughs> I don't have the answer. Wake Forest undefeated right now. Yeah, imagine if they had him. But how how does he enter the portal? It's remarkable to me that he would enter the portal, that we're able to we're able to, to grab him, and when you speak to some of the, the the coaches, they talk about how they they showed him that we're going to showcase him in this offense, and all the accolades that he's earning is well deserved. But you cannot win the Heisman if you don't keep winning. You have to keep winning. That's yeah. the most important thing there is, and I think I think the most important thing is that the university. Is um, is showing him that hey, we are going to stand with you. We're going to showcase you. We're going to make sure that uh, you're front and center, and everything that we have to do to get you to the publicity, to win the Heisman, to be in contention, to be in the discussion. We are going to do. But first and foremost, it starts with winning. And uh, and credit to Coach Tucker, credit to, to the to the staff, to the to the. You know, to the marketing team, um, I appreciate the fact that he's actually in uh, in Manhattan in Times Square, because I didn't know if that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody saw it coming. You know that he deserved it. The moment that it showed up online for everybody, we all knew. I mean, there's there's not a person in the country that can say oh, that that guy doesn't belong up there. <laughs> I mean, he belongs there, and because he belongs, Michigan State is 
being able to be branded across the world when you're when you're on a building in in Times Square you're literally everywhere at the same time so it's great for Michigan State it's it's great for K9 you know I'm you know and what I hear everything that I hear about him he's he's uh super humble super down to earth I was talking to a parent of uh of some of the young men in the drumline mm-hmm. who uh, who uh, want his autograph, want to start a podcast, want him on their podcast, and he said he'd love to. And I, I like I really appreciated the humility. Yeah. And I mean, he just uh, he's a wonderful young man, and he understands the significance of uh, what the drumline means, what the band means, just the little things, the little details that uh, that really like that that going that go with the pageantry of, of game day of the university. And uh, I, I can appreciate that. I really, I really truly can that this stuff doesn't get to his head, honestly. Mm. No, no, it, it can't. And, and that's something that you see with this man. You see that he has like a very superb level of focus. His ability to just block out the noise and, and do his job is – something that, that this is it's pretty much legendary it will be when people look back on his career at michigan state they'll say man you know the work ethic that he has every single carry i don't care what drill it is he's sprinting to the goal line like he like like his life depended on it every single rep is that way i've seen some great running backs brian but the level in which he works you 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 have to appreciate that and that's exactly why it produces the fruits of the labor that he has already put in. It's like when we watch him, I say, well, man, of course. The, the, the amount that I see that young man work, of course he's in Times Square six games in. You, you practice the way you play. Everybody that tells you you practice the way that you play, every coach will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of big heads, <laughs> the uh, University of Michigan – Went into Lincoln. <laughs> went into Lincoln, and and I was just joking. Uh, that's a tough place to play. Tough I mean, place what, to play. What's the big heads about, man? They, they won. They did win, and winning is hard on the road. And if it's for Michigan or Michigan State, it is very, very hard to do. And credit to the Wolverines. The Wolverines walked into Lincoln and beat Nebraska 32-29, uh, off of Cade Mc, Mc, McNamara's arm, off of uh, the rushing attack led by Blake Corum. And, um, you know, I thought they played very, very well. Uh, they, they, with, they withstood a, uh, a, a onslaught, a very tough crowd, tough place to play. And, you know, it's plays like this right here. You see this play at the end of the game. You know, Scott Frost has lost... 16 one score games since he's been the head coach and it's because of plays like this right here yeah. players make plays culture setters programs win based on plays and with a minute and 49 left in the game you can't fumble the ball to lose the game you just can't They're right here you just cannot do it and this is where this is a culture a mindset that that permeates throughout many organizations. Yep. And credit to Michigan, right? Credit to Michigan for walking into a hostile environment, improving the 6-0, and a night game on the road in Lincoln, who, by the way, are the most wonderful people, treat their fans the best, um, treat their guests absolutely wonderful. But that's a tough place to go in and win at night. What are your thoughts of that, Jason? Oh, man, look. That's a real tough place to play in general, let alone at night, you know, prime time. I mean, they started off with fireworks and, I mean, the light show and all the demonic music that they always like to play. And they know when to play and how to play and how loud. It's just, it, it's pretty much pandemonium in there as a whole. It's one of the, I'd say pound for pound, the loudest stadiums in the Big Ten. You know, Ohio State's at the top of the list down in that old horseshoe but i'll tell you what i mean these people are it, it's it's very difficult to play in lincoln 
And Michigan, hats off to them for being able to do it because, yeah, I know Scott Frost has had some tough goes. I mean, he, he – I, how do he's you, had a tough. He's had I some mean, tough luck, tough. man. I'm well, telling I mean, you, going into Norman, Oklahoma, he goes into Oklahoma and and barely loses that game. Plays like Oklahoma a, tough. Plays I mean, us tough. Had, plays yeah, Michigan stole, tough. We stole that from him. Yeah, I mean he's played. Right. I mean you know Special you're talking. Teams, they're, they're right there, right? You're yeah. talking about 16 one score games yeah. since he's been the head coach, and turning that tide, uh, turning the Titanic is hard, right? <sighs> Um, yeah. But when you, you know, I mean, like, like you fumble with a minute and 49 <laughs> left at home. <laughs> How do you teach to not do that? Is that a culture thing? Like, what Maybe is he's that? Not, he's not yelling enough. Because I, I guarantee you there's a lot of yelling going on in Nebraska. No, I'm, That's, it's nuts. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, inexcusable. I mean, it's 16 one-score games. Think about that since he's been the head coach. That's like turning the Titanic, right? That's like, you know, you and I played. It's about it's every time the game gets close, waiting for something bad to happen. <laughs> How many coaches tell you that? You sit there, right. you wait for something bad to happen. Yeah. How many times have you heard that in your life? Think about that. Mm. Think about that. Like, can you – are you waiting for something bad to happen or are you going to go make a play? Yeah. And you could tell, like, the energy on the team, like the guys that would, like, want to fade to the back. You can. They you can, you can they feel wait. it. You can oh, feel it. Oh, shoot, what's going to happen now? Yep. Right? Yep. Like, what's going to happen now? And it permeates. It just it – just, it, it, it uh, manifests, right? It happens. Yeah. And, and this is – that's a culture change. And, yeah. I mean, Scott, Scott Frost has a – has a massive has, has a massive rebuild to do when it comes to culture change, right? Yeah, he he, he does. He's got a, a massive rebuild. I think he's a good coach, good dude, like very relatable to today's player too. I don't think Scott Frost is a, a, a bad coach by any means. You know, I think that he he's been a victim of some misses, some big misses in recruiting. You know, it's look. You know, everything that works in certain regions. But Martinez regions. has been there 12 years. <laughs> Doesn't work in every how region. Does a, how has a quarterback been there 12 years? How's that possible? Man, COVID he, was he, one year. He, he, he had, the, he had no, the extra COVID. I don't know. The, he had one of those ex, those exemptions. from. <laughs> uh, COVID's been there one year. He's yeah, been, he had, he's been there a long time, him he, and his brother. No, no, but he's been there since Martinez. I was 12. <laughs> How is he still there? I'm so confused. I it's, really it's, am. It's so funny. We all say that, there, that every year there's a player on every some year, team. Every team. That's been there 42 years playing you know, like, college football. Uh, Coughlin. Coughlin broke the record, which is fantastic at MSU. But he's, 17 years he's been there. I would break the, I'd break the record too if I was been there 17 years. 17 years. How does that happen? He, so he is Teen Wolf. <laughs> but how That's does that Michael ha- J. Fox, man? How does that happen? How do you how's he how's he able to get around NCAA eligibility? He's, hey man, look, look at his freshman picture to now. Back to the future. He looks thirty two, <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm with all due respect, thirty two is great. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. How you gonna call the kid thirty two? No, no, no. Well, the kid, the, hey man, that young man is eighteen, maybe nineteen. Listen. That's 30, it. 32 is a compliment. Okay, Brian. There's nothing wrong. Don't call me Brian. 32 <laughs> is a compliment. We're good with that. But we love 32, huh? Yeah. A good, it's a, it is a great age. I'm telling you, it's a great age. But <laughs> Martinez, you know, since I've been You're thinking, trying to look 32. Listen, I remember Turner Gill <laughs> and then Martinez. I don't remember the six quarterbacks in between. <laughs> 84, you know, when they, when they dropped the ball. Uh, they dropped the two-point conversion against Miami. Oh uh, yeah, w- Turner okay. Gill was on the field. Then Martinez came in in '85. I'm '85. Mart- that's, that's all I remember. Come on, Brian. I'm, I'm just telling you what I remember. The man has okay. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm just telling you what I remember. So now it's been ratcheted up. Headliner. Yeah, you know what? We're talking way too early about this. Way too <laughs> way early. Way too early. You know what? Stick, shame on you for putting this up there because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, man. In football, we, we, you yeah. got to go 1-0. That's it, Stick. 
you know, when you start talking about Mark D'Antonio joining our show October 26th, and you want to show highlights like you got, you got any highlights right now that you want to show us, Dick? Make me flip this table over. I mean, coach me, coach. Can they hear us? Yeah, because I'm getting mad right now. <laughs> like, why are you showing a mean mug of Coach D? Coach D's going to join us October 26th, and I'm about to flip this table over. But, Stick, we got Indiana first. So, that's, you know, we got to go 1 0. We can't focus on that. 1 0. We need to focus on Indiana. We need to focus on Bloomington, the Hoosiers. But we are so excited for Coach to join us October 26th. And, um, you know, football is a game of segments, right? It's about going, taking, taking everything one step at a time. So I'm not sure why, why you want to show Coach D, you know, six weeks prior. But great. We love Coach D. We can't wait for him to come October 26th. But the focus is Bloomington. Focus is Bloomington. And we're going to shift to Bloomington because if we head into October 30th, both teams 7-0, and stick. You better put, see these windows here? You better put wood on the windows, steel bars. We're, we're about to go throw down that week. Hide the women and children? Is that what you just said? Uh, all I'm saying is that week brings out a, a different level of intensity. And we're not biased. We're not, we're not biased. Not at all. But MSU Never. wins that game 84 nothing. <laughs> the Spartans. We are not biased at all. And we refuse to be biased at all. But uh, you, oh, got, yeah, my, you got my juices flowing. Right, let's, let's shift focus here to uh, the Detroit Lions. Lions find another way to lose. And... Uh, I don't know if you have any highlights, but uh, oh my! I always, you know, I watch the Lions every week or every week. On a third and seven, what are you calling here? What? what well, you got the matchup down here. here. You were talking Two about it's not Bobby Price, but 37 seconds. They keep it safe with Madison to let the clock run, and the Vikings are going to have to punt away. Fumble. And looks like we, the ball was taken ball. away, but the oh my god, they're going to reverse the call. Lions punch it and score. Go for two. 18, 7, 6, 17, 16, 37 seconds left. Every Lions fan in America is saying, we know what's coming next. Everyone. Every Lions fan in America. 54-yard field goal. How many times have we seen this? Jason? <laughs> How many times have we seen that ending? Are you sure you are not emotionally involved with your Detroit Lions? I, you know, I am not. I really am not. Okay, but... You say that. No, I'm not. And But when we did a show a few weeks back, we showed the 4th and 19 conversion in the preseason. <laughs> and it was the eighth string they had in to lose the game. <laughs> It was it, maybe the ninth string. We did, right? You remember? This, yeah, I do. So, so we had the eighth string in, and probably maybe one of those 11 on the field are still on the team. Yet, who was it? I forgot which team it was. They found a way to get a first down and win the game. And now we see this. <laughs> and, and it goes back to it being a culture problem. All right, this is the Lions culture problem. But if there's one saving grace, and I'm the biggest Lions critic, okay? Oh, I've yeah. always said all along that the head coach of the Lions has to feel the pain of the fans. He has to feel how we feel. He has to feel the pain of the players. He has to understand the heartbeat of this town. And when I saw Dan Campbell's interview after that game, I honestly from the bottom of my heart, had so much more respect for him because he felt it. We never saw that from Patricia. Dan Campbell oh, felt right it. Here. When you uh, 
when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And there again, credit Minnesota, but, um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us, you know. And, uh, and so, ultimately, you know, it... Uh, we didn't, we didn't do enough to win, but I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them, and I love the grit. So if you want to endear yourself to the fan base, what did you think of that, Jason? You know, I thought that he would win a lot of Detroit fans over, not, not only like right now, but the residual effect of that. You know, what, what's going to happen in media? You know, we're going to play that over and over and over again. You know, and he's the kind of guy – his grit and determination. I watch his body language, right? When, you know, they score the touchdown and then the go-ahead two-point conversion. And and when I'm looking at that guy as a, as a football guy, I don't know him personally at all, but I, I, I can see confidence. I know it when I see it. And he's in, he's in a different mindset right now that is what this culture needs in that locker room. The, the guys in that locker room like him, want to play for him. He's got his hands tied behind his back right now, talent-wise. Everybody knows it. I mean, there's not a soul in America that doesn't think otherwise. So, you know, but I think that he's a guy who could be the guy for this moment in time for the Detroit Lions organization to turn things around, if there ever is going to be one, Ryan, because if not, I don't know which way they want to go. You know, you know what? You can lose your – you can lose the game – uh, but you can't lose your team. Right. Okay? And I think the the emotion that he showed and the care that he showed endeared himself to the fan base. Yes. And I think he earned a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Because, you know, the NFL is an interesting league. Your players, mm-hmm. they got to want to play for you. All right? They got to want to play for you. They got to want to battle for you. They got to want to run through a brick wall for you. And when he did that, and he came out and he showed that raw emotion, I think every Detroit fan can identify with that. Every Detroit fan can. Every every player can. And the way he felt for his players and how much it meant to him, I honestly think that's how you change a culture. You know, you change a culture with that approach. We have never seen a head coach in Detroit feel that way, act that way, publicly express that way. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, like, he, he's, he sold me. I mean, he didn't mean to sell me, but he, he made me believe that he's all in. He's all in, that it's not just another job, and he understands the pain and suffering of the fans. And, I, and I've been the biggest critic of the organization. I really have. But I'm not going to lie to you. Once they give them the pieces and they build it around them, I actually think they got it right. Yeah. I think they got it right. Because there is nothing more important than, than a locker room that wants to play for you. No. And if the locker room wants to play for you, right, when you got a bunch of millionaires uh, that, that, that are adults, that want to be treated like adults, that you show them that you care about them, which he did, and he spoke to it. And he wore his emotion on his sleeve instead of the nothing burgers that Patricia gave. You know, I think he needs to be commended and respected for that. Yes. Now, they don't have the horses. They don't have the pieces this year. But if you get guys to buy into your system and believe, you will bring the pieces here. Now, will that happen? That, you know, that's, that remains to be seen. But the way he reacted after that loss... Uh, endeared him to the fan base it really did no there's no question about that you know dan campbell he's a guy that that people you know were respected because you know you saw how high the ford family was on him when he got hired i mean it was it was a, a gaze in in old sheila's eyes that we had never seen before but as you fast forward and you see how he handles himself in press conferences and you see how the players are playing for him, even in, in spite of losing the ball game. You, you got to know that he's a guy 
that guys really want to be around and really want to play for. And the grit and determination that we have here in the city of Detroit is something that he, he's a perfect fit. His candor, his candor is uh, it's refreshing. I mean, you know, when you get when you get a coach to speak and wears emotion on his sleeve, it's refreshing. What is not refreshing, and the the candor that is not respected, is John Gruden, and. Yeah. What in the world, you know, was he thinking? When you read some of the comments that John Gruden said, how he was, uh, you know, from racist to homophobic to misogynistic, you know, talk politics, talk whatever you want, however you feel about this. But as a CEO of a $5 billion organization, you cannot be a leader of men. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm stunned at how many people came out after he made those comments about D. Marie Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. How many people came out and said that they're, uh, you know, John Gruden is not this and he's not that. And then the rest of those emails were leaked, clearly leaked. Somebody had, you know, wanted people to know what was out there. But, but they show a pattern. There's yeah. a pattern when you show and they show a pattern and it's it's quite disturbing to be honest with you because you lose your locker room and as a CEO uh, of an organization like that, quite frankly, you can't lead men when you talk that way. We all know those comments are racist. We all know they're homophobic. We all know they're misogynistic. We get all that, right? But yeah. let's remove the politics. Let's remove you know, the viewpoints of everybody here. Let's talk about being a CEO of an organization, a $5 billion organization. And when you, when you speak in that manner, in that tone, as disgusting as those comments were, you just can't lead an organization. You just can't. No. As evidence in his immediate firing once the, the news broke. Resign. He resigned. Oh, yeah, you know, resign. You know, something tells me that if... Uh, if the New York Times article didn't break. The owner ran into the building after hours. I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. Ran. Something tells me, though, that it, if, uh, if only the, the, the comments about DeMarie Smith, um, DeMarie Smith broke, something tells me that he would have been able to survive that, which is uh, very disappointing. Yeah. It took yeah. Uh, everything else. The comments about the the, the you know misogyny and and the, the, the homophobia for really to to uh, force his resignation, but uh, you know it's it's just it's, that's it's, retelling. Yeah, and I didn't hear any players, current players, come out and say anything. Uh, I didn't man, hear man. anybody. They're scared, man. I, why? Why they, they don't understand what that would mean to their career and their paycheck? Did they watch? Tell me why. Did they watch Kaepernick? Did they see what happened to him? Is that why? Man, it, it just needs to be more of a movement versus it, when you when guys talk that way or think that way, if they speak out, they're kind of on an island in most locker rooms. You don't see a lot of, you know, large groups of guys getting together, you know, for a cause, a political cause. They just this, But this ain't even politics. It's about human dignity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, look, Garud's had a lot of guys come out and 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 say he's not a racist, he's not this, he's not that. But yeah. they developed a pattern here of several years of comments. I mean, regardless of what you think he is, and the comments that he made, obviously those comments are disgusting everywhere around. Of course, but you cannot be a leader of men and lead a five billion dollar organization when you make those comments i know but, but the nf right you know you know as well as i do that going back in the day now way back in the day there were coaches not head coaches per se but there were a lot of coaches that used language like that like in our younger years growing up and then you know you know just football in general back in those days way back yonder the things that people would say you know, you would overhear on a football, college football practice field in 1994 if those same things were heard in 2021, it, everybody would be gone. Everyone, all, all the time. 
And I think it's just more of a people were desensitized before and weren't aware. I think again with the evolution of like who we are as a as a race of people, not one race, all the human race specifically, then it's it's something that you know, right? We just gotta we gotta do better, man. We gotta do better. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We uh, another episode of Inside the Locker Room. We appreciate everyone. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalam, alongside my co-host. Is that my saying that right? Yeah. Alongside my co-host, Jason Strahan. It's a. It's been a pleasure. We will see you next week on Inside the Locker Room. Thank you. Good night. God bless. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.